in a vacuum, it may seem like good advice, but when applied to your situation, it could be a terrible advice. So just be very, very careful. These financial entertainers, they're great at what they do. They're great marketers, but man, sometimes they give bad advice. It's time for the Making Money Podcast with financial advisor, Lee Perkins. A lot of people right now are looking for advice, financial advice, trying to figure out what to do with their portfolio, how to maybe bounce back from the market drop we've seen over the last couple of months, or maybe just looking for advice in general. A lot of times you reach out to some common people in your life to do that. Today, we're going to tell you why sometimes they might have the best intentions for you in providing that advice, but their advice may not fit your scenario. So you got to be careful when you're reaching out to certain people. We're going to do that as always with Lee Perkins. He's the owner and financial advisor at JL Perkins Wealth Management, serving Macon. Their office is right there in Northside Crossing, and they have been in the office uh, quite a bit throughout all of this. So if you're still looking for them, uh, that'll be a place to find them. Lee, are you guys, how's it been with virtual meetings? Are you guys doing many of those? Or are you still meeting a lot of clients in the office? Yeah, no, we we closed our office to in-person meetings kind of right at the outset when they told us to do that. And we'll do that until they sort of lift this this shelter-in-place order. So we've been doing phone calls and web meetings, and it's really gone very well. Honestly, I think people like being able to meet from the comfort of their own home uh, just from a convenient standpoint. Now, I I do understand that people are going a little bit stir-crazy, ready to get out. And so I think when, when that is lifted and we open things back up, people are just going to want to get out of the house just to get out of the house. But yeah, for right now, it's just phone calls and, and web meetings, but it's been pretty good. One thing I'm curious about when everything finishes off is, you know, how how much day-to-day lives will be changed and how, how businesses will adapt and change the, their workflow and their operations. I mean, do you think more clients will, will just continue with virtual meetings or, I mean, I know when you're dealing with money, a lot of times you want to sit across from somebody face to face. You want to have those conversations in person, but do you think this will kind of maybe hold for a little while? Yeah, I, I think generally speaking, when when there's a brand new client, that face-to-face interaction is way is way more important. You know, on, on the front end, when when major decisions and initial plans are being put into place. But for for clients that have been around for for five and ten years, those folks know they don't have to come in into the office to review things. The technology now makes it to where that's really optional. I, I mean, I have clients in Texas. And clients in Florida and and a couple up in Maryland, and I haven't seen those folks face to face in in years, and and everything everything is fine. So, I, and I do think that some companies will actually use this as a stepping stone, or use this as sort of a a learning experience to to change how they do business going forward. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how much, how things change once. once everything is sort of back to quote normal. I feel like, you know, we're, we're all pretty intimidated by technology a lot of times, or at least something new. So, you know, I think anybody that maybe was hesitant of doing, you know, their FaceTime or getting on Zoom, yeah, you know, once you get through that process, you see it's it's pretty simple and it can be pretty convenient. So I wonder how many people now that they've kind of kind of taken that step and, and jumped in, now they're just going to stick with it because it is it is much easier to, to meet with people and and talk face to face that way without having to to drive or commute or whatever else. Because I know a lot of people, at least me, I've enjoyed being able to spend more time at home. Even though I'd like to be out when I want to leave, I, I still enjoy the the ability to to work from home and and to spend more time with family and and, and kind of control. You have more control of your time, you know. 
Yeah, yeah, we really do. And and I, I think just the flexibility. Uh, people are busy now. And, and if rather than hopping in the car and, and driving 20 minutes to, to somewhere, if you can meet virtually and do the same thing and you don't need to be sort of knee to knee to have that meeting, then, boy, this is very convenient, very convenient. Yeah, for sure. Well, we got a, a mailbag question coming up in a little bit. I'll save that for after our, our main discussion. I want to hop right into our conversation okay. today. And, and remember, you can catch up on this podcast and every other podcast we've done at jlperkinswealth.com. You'll also find a lot of different resources there, including some webinars that will be coming up on the website. So keep an eye out for those. But today's uh, conversation is about intentions and advice and, and, and how we reach out to certain people. But not every time it's going to work out in your benefit. And, you know, we were, talk- we were planning on talking about this before the coronavirus uh, pandemic hit us, but now it makes a lot more sense because people are looking for advice really anywhere they can find it because we've all been impacted by this financially in some way. You know, some a lot of people have been unemployed or at least your, your portfolio has come down in value, whatever it is. Hopefully you had a financial plan where your, you know, your risk was limited and you didn't lose as much as the market did, but we're all trying to kind of figure out how to rebound and, and bounce back. So these are people that have four different uh, options here and examples, Lee, we're going to run through people that we work with and maybe take guidance from that we got to be careful about. And let's start off with uh, the people we're spending a lot of time with right now. You know, it makes a lot of sense that we look to our family members, whether it be parents or brothers or sisters, uh, for advice on what to do with our finances. But uh, as great as it is to work with your family, you got to be careful with what they're telling you. Yeah, you really do, because a family member, even though they may have great intentions and they may have partial good advice, overall they don't know your whole situation and they may not be educated enough on whatever the the topic or the matter is to give you sound advice. Now, typically, when I think about advice from a uh, you know planning advice from a family. If it's good, solid grandma's type advice, which is don't spend more than you make, save money for a rainy day, all those kind of things, I can go with that all day, every day. But when you have that family member, and typically it's a brother-in-law or somebody like that or an uncle or a cousin that comes comes to you saying that, or they've positioned themselves as sort of the the investment guru, and and that you've you've learned all about the times where they have just whatever they touched has turned to gold, or you need to buy this investment, invest in this because he made this money. That's where you want to be very very careful because, in my experience, those people like that that I call them the investment gurus. They only tell you about their wins, and they never tell you about your losses. So I would not take specific investment advice like that from a family member um, or, or you know, an investment guru online or anything like that. You just got to be very, very careful. If they want to go in generalities and they say, you know, they, they tell you, hey, you're 40 years old, you should maybe have this much in the market. And as you get older, dial back your risk a little bit. That's fine because that's generic. But when they get into the specifics, that's when you got to be very careful. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, the next one is our friends. And I know we, we often have either friends that either have really good stock tips for us all the time, or there's people in your life that are good friends that you see them driving a nice car. They have a really nice house. You, you, you feel like they've been really successful. So they're doing something right. And you might turn to them 
for financial advice, but why why can this get you in trouble? Yeah, so I, I sort of categorize the friend the same way I would the, the brother-in-law in my earlier illustration. The friend, you may not know everything about their situation. And I can tell you from being in this business as long as I have, outside appearances don't really have anything to do with what somebody's true financial situation is. Because I've, I've met people that on the outside look like they've got it made, they've got everything, everything is right, and they come in and they are struggling financially, but certainly they don't want anybody to know that. So be very, very careful. Again, if if they're they're giving you specific advice on how to invest or what you should do with your money, be very, very careful if they're giving you overall generic good life lesson type advice, then I'm, I'm fine with that because your friends are people that, that you trust. Um, but again, just be careful when you take specific advice from folks. I'm glad that you kind of you're kind of clarifying there because we're not we're not trying to say that you know, working with or getting advice from these people is, is a bad thing because you're right. I mean, there are some very very valuable information and advice you can get from your family and friends, but just some areas to be careful uh, when you are listening to them. But let's transition on to our third one, and that's CPAs. You know, we work with our CPAs for taxes, and and they might give us a lot of advice. We might say, "Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. You know, do you think this is a good idea?" And they're looking at it from their perspective only, but you know, they're smart people, but financial advice and investment advice is not necessarily their specialty. Yeah, sometimes uh, a CPA and, and myself or CPA and any advisor can not butt heads, but things may not line up exactly right. Because if, if I'm doing a Roth conversion strategy for somebody, for instance, let, let's say somebody comes to me and wants to look at converting some money. So what does that mean? That means they're going to be paying taxes Mm -hmm. now at a known rate rather than paying them in the future at an unknown rate. But sometimes a CPA measures their success by whatever your whatever um, refund they get you. And so if we're doing a Roth conversion, that that may wind up kind of making their advice or, or their planning a little bit discounted from your standpoint because hey I'm not getting back a I'm not getting back a refund. So sometimes an advisor and a CPA may not be on the same page as far as what the end result may be. And lots of times a CPA will sort of sometimes give out investment advice even though they're they're not licensed to do so. So you got to be very careful on that. Lots of times they're not doing it from a um, they're not doing it with ill intentions. They're just saying, hey, that this might be something for you to consider. And then if, if that's the case, you just run that by whoever your financial professional is. So yeah, CPAs are, are great at what they do, but sometimes they're just looking at the papers and they're not looking at the, the big picture. If that, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. That's a good way to put it. The last one we want to talk about is uh, financial experts in the media. We look at people and we while we're right now we're consuming a lot of media. I mean, maybe more so than we ever have with, with our stay at home orders and people spending so much time streaming uh, movies and, and video and, and just really just trying to keep up on the news because of all the newsworthy events that are happening. And we're watching it, number one, we're probably watching more news than we need to at this point. But. Way, way too much more news than we need to. Stop. Step away from your TV, folks. <laughs> exactly. Take a break from the screen for a minute. But, you know, yeah. one thing you got to be careful of is these financial experts that you have on TV, you know, whatever whatever uh, network it is you're watching. They A lot of times their advice might be pretty good. It might be accurate, but it might not fit your certain situation. And other times it's mainly just for entertainment. 
Yep. The, these are financial entertainers. That, what you said, that is absolutely right. Now, I kind of put them into a couple of categories. The, the folks that are on the financial shows on TVs, you know, it could be like your Jim Cramer, those kind of folks that have, have their shows where they're they're giving you stock tips, you know, that that is what it is. But re, but remember, the job of that guy is to keep you entertained so that you will watch the commercials in between segments. So that's the job of that guy. So take that in, into account because there's always an additional motive. Then I go to the people like your your syndicated radio folks. These are your, your Clark Howard, your Dave Ramsey's, or Susie Ormans, those kind of folks. They're brilliant folks. They are, they are marketing masterminds, but they are not licensed financial advisors. And many times they give, they make generic statements on the radio when talking to people that if I made those kind of statements, I would lose my license. I mean, there's no question some of the advice that they give to people in a four-minute phone call on the radio is horrible advice. But They've got credibility, so people run with that advice, and then people that are listening to that say, oh, well, Dave Ramsey told this this guy to do this. I'm going to do that, too. In a vacuum, it may seem like good advice, but when applied to your situation, it could be terrible advice. So just be very, very careful. These financial entertainers, they're great at what they do. They're great marketers, but, man, sometimes they give bad advice. So be very, very careful when listening to those folks. Do you ever have many people come into your office and, and reference one of these people on our list and all, say, hey, I heard all, from so-and-so yeah. and they told me about this? Yep, all the time. It, it happens very, very frequently that say, well, Dave Ramsey says this or Clark Howard says this. Well, you know, and, and sometimes it puts me in a tough spot because I'm not either one of them. I'm not near as popular as either one of them. I don't have the the money that either one of those people have and so you know it's up to the person to determine whether they want to to hire an advisor that knows them and knows their situation or if they want to get all their advice from somebody that they'll never meet that they just hear on a on a tv or radio show but but yeah that's is very common well whatever you whatever you're thinking about if you ever do hear somebody give you some advice and you want a second opinion you know leaves there to help you with that bring it to him if you have an investment idea or or whatever it is uh, bring it to him and, and see what he thinks get a second opinion get get an opinion from somebody that's looking at the entire picture and your picture which is more important your personal picture that's that's what you want to base it around not on somebody else's advice based on what they're doing so you can always do that by reaching out to Lee at jlperkinswealth.com or on the phone at 478-254-3550. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Time now for the mailbag. We're going to dive into it. If you ever have a question for us, you can send it over to us at jlperkinswealth.com and, and we'll try to answer it here on the show. Today's question comes in from Rick at Lake Oconee. Rick asks, I retired two years ago with more than a million dollars in my IRA, which I thought at the time would be more than enough to give me the retirement lifestyle that I want. And I'll probably be fine, but it makes me nervous every time I withdraw money from that account because I don't want to live too long and run out of money. And the recent downturn only makes things worse. Am I worrying too much? I don't know if you're worrying too much, but hopefully you have things set up to where downturns like this are built into the plan. So to sort of clarify that, if you've got the proper 
amount of risk and the proper allocation for you and your situation and your income needs, then it should already be built in to have a a market downturn like we're going through right now. This coronavirus thing will be over soon. The market's down. At some point, it's going to be back up. But you know what? There will be another coronavirus-like event come in the future and your account value is going to drop again if you've got market you know exposure to market risk and so i don't want you to live in i mean you've been retired for two years now i don't want you to live in retirement just worried about taking money out of your account every time the market goes down because look at look at the whole stock market it goes up and down all the time that being said you do need to be be cognizant of how much money you're taking out of your account. And while if you're taking too much money out of your account and there's an extended period of time where your mark, your account value is dropping, then you may want to, to either reassess how you're taking money from that account, maybe decrease the distributions from that account for a little while, but ultimately it should be built in, into your account. So that, that would be my, my thoughts for you, Rick. Okay. Thank you, Rick, for the question. If you have one, send it in to us, jlperkinswealth.com. There you'll also find every previous episode that we've done of the Making Money podcast, and you can go back and listen to a lot of great information there, including some coronavirus stuff, uh, related information that we've talked about over previous episodes, so you can always access it all right there. Lee, that'll do it for this episode of the Making Money Podcast. I appreciate it. Uh, some good information on where we need to be careful with our advice. And and hopefully, uh, you know, we can all get through this this uh, downturn and, and this crisis uh, in a short period of time and, and come out on the positive side of it. Yep, we are ready to, to rock and roll, ready to, to get out and move about. I know, you know, my family's ready to go, and I am too. Well, hopefully in the meantime, people are cranking out podcasts and uh, listening to this one as they're passing the time. Absolutely. Yep. So, so thanks for listening to the Making Money Podcast. For Lee Perkins, I'm Ben George. We appreciate you listening to this episode, and we'll talk to you next time. Investment advisory services are offered by J.L. Perkins Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor and insurance agency. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified tax, legal, or investment professional before taking any action.